video podcast. <laughs> Who better? I'm your king of bad taste. <laughs> well, kiddies, with that, here's your host to put a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 213 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm here with my mental hospital homeboy, Mr. Grizz. Dude, we're coming in hot today. We're coming in with a a rather mainstream movie. Uh, Not rather mainstream. It actually is extremely mainstream. But uh, my man, why don't you tell the people what we're watching this week or what we watched? Well, well, Dino Bambino, let me tell you here, brother. We are watching. I told you I was fucking coming back with that. We are watching uh, one of my favorite horror franchises, I will say, from the 80s. But specifically inside of that franchise, we are watching A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. Yeah, filled with fucking docking, filled with... Uh the docking not docking there's a clear difference well, yeah, it depends it depends <laughs> we hang on don't it's hate okay. yeah yeah but uh this is like the turning point of the franchise right this is where all of a sudden freddy krueger is no longer mm, this completely serious psychopath he's now into that like fucking around with you uh, burning you with the fucking uh, magnifying glass. Yeah, this is definitely shit. the beginning of that. It touches into that uh, the, uh, the the overly characteristical Bugs Bunny ish <sighs> fucking uh, you know. It, it doesn't go fully into that realm yet, but I will agree that this this is the beginning of that. Uh, I think the character that everybody came to love towards the end yeah. of the franchise. This is where it starts. Yeah. I mean, this is probably, I would say, 60% of people's favorite of the... Now, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say 50% will say part one or... No. 50% will say this one. 35% will say part one. And then we'll have like 15% for part two. And then everything else just doesn't count. Bad taste percentages that we're fucking throwing out there. These are facts, people. These are hard, cold numbers. We don't don't just fucking make stuff up. These are numbers that we're giving you here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Go look it up. It's uh, moviepercentages.gov. Uh, I'm sure it's their PDF format. That sounds uh, so official. That's awesome. Yeah, you just put .gov. Yeah, everything either sounds a, right. Or well, that well, that's like a like a like a double-edged sword. There, if it says .gov, either everybody will believe it or they'll completely think it's bullshit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like here, scam. Yeah, yeah, it's a scam. It's no just a, I don't the trust the government. I don't trust the government. After 9-11, everyone's like, yeah, fucking Patriot Act. Yeah, fucking spy on my ass. Now it's like, I don't trust the government. It's like, fuck you. Um, 1987, different time, man. Great year. Uh, The year of my birth. Uh, Yes. You didn't know that already. Um, Seems like forever ago now, which is kind of crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Seems like forever ago since I was a baby. Dude, I'm telling you, a, a day in the desert feels more like a fucking year. You know what I mean? It's. <laughs> dude, I should be writing fortune cookies. I'm coming oh, up with a lot of good shit lately. Damn, dude. 
Yeah, I love this shit. But uh, 1987, really late in the slasher genre of the 80s. Um, all these other franchises have like fucking four or five movies out. It's kind of crazy when you think about how late Nightmare on Elm Street is compared to everybody else. But like the impact that it had on the whole genre and pop oh, culture totally. in general. See, now I, man, like you said the S word there and I never in my life have ever considered Nightmare a slasher movie. Like just it's not in that realm to me. You know, I get yeah. it. But I, I guess to me, like Freddy Krueger isn't like a slasher character. Like, you know, what would it be a, then? psychological horror yeah uh, definitely i think it i think it, oh yeah yeah nail on the head dude like that's that's more of definitely what i think cougar's all about because like he's not just like running up in your shit and stabbing you and not talking to you like does michael Myers say anything to you no does jason say anything to you no just, just fucking poke poke you know it's all it's about i can kill you yeah freddie wants to you know he wants to play with you a little bit he wants to see what makes you scared he wants to take you to the boiler room and show you some creepy dolls you know he's about that shit you know i get Jeez, it wiener right oh, the boiler yeah, room. eventually um, it's, <laughs> it's all burnt like a fucking um, broiled hot well, dog <laughs> like a fucked up corn dog or yeah, something right like it's burnt at, yeah it's the one that's on the floor at the carnival right that like they forgot about um would pinhead and like Hellraiser, is that like a slasher? No, no? absolutely not. I, see, those like I get the slasher being put on movies because of like like Maniac and stuff like that. You have like a a, a main bad guy who's running around slashing people. Like <laughs> like even like in Hellraiser, like they're not like just slashing people. They they're torturing yeah, people and like. But Freddy legit slashes people. <laughs> I, yeah 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 yeah. He does right, but that's not all he does. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's not, not a one-dimensional of character of, yeah, it's of not the slasher. spirit of the word <laughs> yeah exactly if you're a slasher you should just be slashing like that should be your gimmick like that's, that's it. it that's it yeah that's it crowler slashing slashing jason slashing slashing bro but is child's play a slasher oh i would have to say yes because that's because but then I feel like that's close to fucking Nightmare on Elm Street, though. No, no. See, no, bro, because there's no reality manipulation happening in Child's Play. It's just murder. You know what I'm saying? It's just slashing. <laughs> so, it's like, straight murder. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's more when the supernatural that isn't voodoo oh, yeah, comes yeah. into play. Or teleportation, uh, Jason hey, shit. Is is voodoo considered supernatural if it's like uh, a religious thing? So yeah, see yes, okay, and I see where you're going with here because voodoo brought Chucky back and stuff like so that. Like a Jesus, a quote unquote Jesus miracle I'm, was that I'm supernatural? I'm fine in a slasher if the the main bad guy or whatever is brought on by supernatural forces. But does not use supernatural forces in his means of execution, i.e., a hatchet or a butcher knife or something like that. Now, I feel like when that bad guy transcends that and starts using supernatural powers, dream manipulation and such, uh, using demonic powers to torture and rip your soul apart and shit, turning you into Cenobites. That's where we start crossing the line from no longer being a slasher, in my opinion. Hmm, interesting, because Maniac Cop brought back, but doesn't use. Well, is like is not dying considered like a supernatural thing? Like how he's like kind of. I'm okay with a slasher not dying. 
because obviously like you, you, then it would immediately eliminate things like Michael Myers and stuff like that. That motherfucker should be dead 20 times over. You know, same thing with, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees and shit. So like I, I have to be okay with some aspects of the supernatural, like I said, whether it be his incarnation or his return, fine. But if you're fucking with a motherfucker's dreams, turning them into weird things and like, you know, playing with their weaknesses of their like actual like psyche, that's when it's like no longer just because dude, Freddie will tap into like what makes you personally yeah. horrified. He knows what you think. Right. And I think that's what makes it like, okay, this isn't a slasher to me because like it's deeper than that. He wants to fuck with somebody, not just kill them. Like he's he's torturing people. I think torturing yeah. is not an aspect of a slasher murderer. I think that's think, a key thing. You think a slasher is more just like straight killing? That's kill it? driven. Like no count numbers. Uh, like that's it. Body lust. count. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A murder lust, bro. It's not about the the fun of the kill and like what you're getting from it. It's just a matter of kill. It's like yeah, that bloodlust just machine fucking, fucking operation fucking kill bro violent See, and, shit uh, but that, slasher but, movie but I, I have to like re- rethink that a little bit too because in Maniac that does push the line of psychological because that dude's fucked in the head yeah and, but that's more like that's more of him just having like hallucinations and not okay. like any sort of real manipulation of that, any that does sort, give me an out I mean? in that sense yeah I can't really take someone's mental downfall into like you know craziness or whatever as being supernatural or anything in that way that's true okay yeah, yeah. i think i think what we said stands yeah people are probably listening to this right now and are just These like fucking assholes like what <laughs> <laughs> i hope i hope that somebody just says that they listen to this whole part and they just go what <laughs> so uh grizz this is the third movie of the nightmare in elm street franchise um probably the most um mainstream like like the pinnacle of the franchise would you say in terms of um cross promotion success yeah all sorts of shit going on right this is probably like it when from our perspective i would say time wise too 87 like you were saying i mean that's to to, that's kind of like to me the 80s have all been accumulated. Uh, there's a culmination of all these horror films happening in the 80s. All these franchises are exploding. So this really is like 1987. You want to come out with a banger. So that's why you do get the Doc and Cross promotion. That's why you get like the big push in the media. Where dude, like you go back, you can see commercials with Freddy Krueger in it and shit. Like there was a big media push for this movie, and it worked. I mean, they put 4.5 million in opening weekend they double that that's fucking huge man yeah and if you think about it like you know 1987 you're not gonna have another friday the 13th for another year right uh right. what year was part six um I, was it 86 85 86 it was like right either on the border of that or 1986 yeah so you had jason lives in 86 you have nightmare three in 87 then you have uh friday seven in 88 i think and then you know jason takes manhattan after that stuff friday the 13th part six even and then into seven feels so much more modern and 90s ish than this movie i feel like right like don't seven for sure yeah like a hundred percent 
a six definitely i could see where you're talking coming from a little bit that does feel more around this time period this feels very early 80s at points it's minus 90s. like the, the, the punk rock oh yeah stuff. early 80s sorry minus like the punk rock stuff i think it definitely it could be you know dated much earlier than it is yeah and it's it's surprising that the movie had that kind of look uh because everybody else it seems like shot in a more <laughs> i guess i guess this it helped with like the atmosphere of the movie yeah. the you know the visual the actual visual uh look at i don't even know what the i mean and, and, and i gotta say like before <laughs> we really get into it after like we'd run the trailer and stuff I I, would, I love the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, and I get why this is people's like number one a lot. Like you said, the the hard fact numbers we gave people earlier. Uh. But as I get older and the more I rewatch this one, I find less and less in, enjoyable about it and redeemable about it. There are amazing things that I think to be taken away from it. But man, as I get older, I because at a time this was definitely probably like my number one. And now, man, really? it's yeah, like I just I, I've I've changed my opinions on it. It's it's weird how like I'm still a fan of all of them, and I still love this movie. But it's definitely I could see the flaws more so now that I, I, I man, there's so much that could have happened here. So we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that shit. But uh, you know what? Let's hit the trailer, and then because I feel like there's a lot to talk about. This not just the movie, just like it's, it's Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three. Come the fuck, yeah, let's franchise. let's hit the trailer. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Dream Warrior Dream Warrior <laughs> Actually my favorite thing from this movie is the uh the music that's playing when um uh she's like running through the house with the fucking doll that that fucking There's a, What do the kids say now that shit slaps yeah, bro Yeah that, that's slapping brother no fucking cap <laughs> But like, <laughs> they fucking, there was a few parts in this movie where I was like, man, I don't remember the music being this good. Like, not even like all the main songs, but just like the little accent music that's going on behind scenes. It's just really, really good in this all movie. The, all the 
fucking Junjuns yeah. and Bing. The Junjun soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, and the fucking Silent. chimes. Yeah, dude, I feel like one thing I got to say is part two is my favorite, but this one I feel like has the best cast overall out of all the movies, right? I feel oh, like they did a good wow. job with casting. I feel like they did a good job with like bringing Nancy back, you know, like I feel like no, this was yeah, like a, the best when it comes to supporting cast. You have fucking Morpheus himself there. You got like the scumbag nurse. You got like the hot nurse. And all that shit. You got the one doctor that gives a shit. You got the one doctor that kind of gives a shit, but like is is kind of trying to do, you know, it by the book. It's it's like really oh dude, fucking Nancy's dad is fucking a drunk ass security guard shit. now yeah. instead of being the sheriff or whatever he was. Washed like up. this movie is is really fucking good when it comes to that that like whole aspect of I will you know. agree. The, the the cast is strong. I'd have a hard time saying that this is the best cast. Really? Of, of any of the... Yeah, I, I think it's very good, man. But for me, like, I, I even have to... To go with, like, one and two, the cast of those movies, before this film. Like, there's, there's certain characters that I love in this movie. Number one being Nancy who's also in the first movie so I can get my Nancy Phil there but like other than that I mean I can't stand a few of these characters man like the, the Terran character I don't do not like her the Kincaid really? character I do not oh, like him oh man there's is this like a new thing or is this a forever thing um it's it definitely wasn't like a forever thing it's definitely something that I find harder to get into the more I watch. You're seeing it's like more ridiculous as you get older. Yeah, there's there's some holes here. One big one that we'll talk about. Um, and I think that there's characters that were stronger that died too soon. Um, Philip, dude, in particular. Philip, no! I, yeah. I, I really dug that character. I wish she would have been in the movie longer. Um, but yeah, I mean, this the cast is great, dude. They're, I, I get the Dream Warrior team that's fucking cool, and they're like a little, you know, power fucking group and whatever. It's the, the, okay. The big fucking issue that I have with this film is it's so fucking good, dude. It's so fucking good up until about like the forty-five minute mark, and then it just fucking falls off. The moment that they go with Nancy's dad to go find the fucking body and the uh, dream warriors are making their, oh, oh, it's garbage, bro. It just falls the fuck apart. Too and long. There, was, there was not, I don't even mind a, a, an hour 30 of a, a movie, dude, but make it, make it not drag ass and make it not like boring as fuck after you've given me, dude, they give you so much good shit in the beginning of this film. Like that's good shit. Like, dude, like, just, yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, give the good Vince voice. For, <laughs> I like that. The fucking, but yeah, like, just for instance, like, the way this movie starts, like, I feel like this movie has such a dark and, like, the, the fucking settings in this movie are so evil. Even, like, when we, when we first see the boiler room and, like, the little girl says Freddy's home and shit like that, like, in the furnace, there's, like, children's skulls on fire. Things like that that I've just always overlooked that I never really, like, I knew what was happening, but I never was like, hey, that's a child's skull on fire. So, like, yeah. I was really Dude, thinking about some of those, like, scene she choices. Runs, 
she runs into the room and it's just a room full of fucking teenagers hanging like yes they, yeah they hang themselves dude, i always it, thought that was the coolest fucking scene in the whole movie it like, is dude it 100 percent is and all of that like opening imagery is so dark and morbid and like i think completely overlooked in the grand scheme of like horror movies of gore and like just really fucked up things because no one's like oh what movie's really fucked up and you're like one's like oh yeah you know dream warriors but like <laughs> you just said dude there's a fucking like opening scene of like an entire room of hanging teenagers all of them not just hung but like some disemboweled and shit like it's wild as fuck when you stop and like take in like really what you're being shown in this movie and i think it's just overshadowed by the freddy krueger character being so powerful and front and center that he just like that's all your attention goes to where's freddy you know when you're seeing these scenes you're not thinking about oh what am i looking at you're, you're like you're waiting for him yeah where the hell is freddy where's his shadow you know so you're not taking in the fact that you're in a room of hanging children or like a, a pit of burning children's skulls and stuff yeah so that's that that's one thing i really have to give the fucking chuck russell the director of this one uh, a tip of the hat to he really did do a good job of making very evil scenes that were believable for freddy krueger so i watched this movie um on tape i watched my fucking dream warriors media nice. release yeah with the dock and sticker on there and everything um that scene where she goes into the room of the hanging teens, you could barely see what the fuck's in there. So people probably don't even fucking realize it's there. Like, oh, just because watch. it's just yeah. so dark. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I have a huge ass TV that I'm watching this on and I am watching it like, you know, in, in the proper resolution and everything. And it's hard to see that. So I could see why people didn't maybe pick up on like the whole, the real like grim fucking view Imagery, that you have at yeah. that second. yeah it's cr it's really like pretty fucked up and i wonder if that was like kind of the case it was kind of hidden by technology really you know what yeah, i mean like, and that's what design. makes 100 yeah, percent. i don't think by design and it makes like the freddy effects and all that stuff look way better too because it kind of gives it that little um like a matte finish almost you know what i mean where you, you can't really see the imperfections uh as though you as you would in in a blu-ray release or even the dvds they like did come very far with the dvds a lot of releases right oh, a yeah, lot of box sets pretty good and, and yeah. continuing with the opening scene it's one of my favorite like initial uh freddy kills you know and, and a lot of these movies you'll get the initial kill that sets off the movie that reminds you it's a nightmare on elm street or whatever it is you're watching um and this one is great i love and, and i think this is something that is repeated in this movie better than any other of the the nightmare films is the different forms freddy takes and like how evil and like malicious he comes across he doesn't come off as super goofy in this one yet you know he's not like yeah that's really next. making fun that's of part you four. yeah that's where it really amps up he's still like just pretty malicious and i love this opening scene where the girl who are our main character what is her name Kristen, right that's the blonde chick um she fucking is like having this dream freddie's chasing her through the fucking things we talked about and then she like wakes up. She's not in an uh, actual reality. She's in another dream still, which is another classic Freddy thing that I love. The dream within a dream. Um, but she gets fucking into the bathroom and the, the, the faucet handles turn into little hands and like grab her 
And then Freddy's in the fucking mirror, so it looks like <laughs> these faucet hands are like his arms, and he's fucking cutting her wrist. And dude, it's it's so wild. And Freddy looks so badass in the mirror in that scene. It's one of my favorite Freddy kills altogether, or not kills, but like just like evil, you know, malicious scenes or whatever. So good. He he does a ton of fucked up shit in this movie, like that with um, Jennifer, the the welcome the prime time bitch girl. Oh, like she's obvi- she's like super depressed. She's like, no, I'm gonna be a movie star and stuff. And like that's how he kills her. Like that's uh, I'm so it's glad she died up, though, man. bro. She was so fucking annoying. Like yeah, <sighs> oh I yeah, didn't mind her. She's one of the ones like that's why like this cast is just they're just unlikable to me. Oh, you know, dude, you don't like Will? I am the Wizard Master. I don't like Will, dude. Damn, like, dude. I, I did really- you like when he says? It's the chair for you, kid. Yeah, the I don't fuck? believe in fairy tales. <laughs> Kills him. Jeez. I, I, and like, there's not like there's different like there's aspects about these characters that I like when it comes to killing them. Like, I love when fucking Taryn's fucking like track fucking marks turn into little mouths on her arms, and like Freddy injects her with his fucking needle gloves. That's iconic as fuck, dude. It's it's morbid. It's dark. It hits on Especially like... Especially for the time, dude. That's what I'm for saying. 1987. For the time? Oh! Touching a fucking was, button, um, dude. Was the... the What is it? Dare? Was that around Dare in 87? Program? Yeah, it right? It had to be just starting, for sure. Dude, I, I don't know why I didn't say this before, but it just came to me when Freddy kills Will, and he says, when you wake up, it's back in the saddle again. Yeah. Oh my god, that is man. So good. Dude, that so that's is this is what so we're saying. Like evil. he does he starts getting his one-liners, which is what I think Freddie is best known for. His 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 kills followed by or uh pre uh text of a of a kill with a great one-liner that'll uh just sell it that much more. I I like sometimes when I watch this movie it's like it always catches me by surprise because when you're a kid you just think it's some like you know you don't really grasp the whole situation you don't really understand what they're trying to like portray these kids as and stuff but like when you watch it as an adult it's like oh my god you got this fucking like 30 something year old sleazy like nurse trying to bang oh, like yeah. a fucking 16 year old girl give her right? drugs like and she's, banger and shit yeah. yeah like she's supposed to be like 15 or 16 right there's because yeah, they're all supposed they're to be like high school aged yeah. yeah like shit like that like damn man what the fuck as a kid I never really I was just always like oh that guy's a dick but looking at it now it's like, like wow yeah there's a lot Twisted. of heavy heavy topics in this movie that's yes. for sure man all the kids issues are like super real and super fucking heavy I, and I, well, and there's there man it's hard for me to say like i don't like this movie because i do i really do enjoy this movie it's just like like i said the the second half of it is just they don't do a very good job of like following through on all the awesomeness that they gave us we got the freddy krueger worm in this fucking movie yeah, you didn't like that the dick worm dude it's so awesome what I, penis krueger what i like even more about it is the initial before the reveal of the worm the under the carpet movement that then travels into the wall 
and like the yeah. line it, such a great effect man they did such a good job delivering on set design and practical effects that i just wish it would have been like a grand finale at the end instead of like a cgi fucking spasm show you know with yeah. some holy water you know it just it doesn't it doesn't I, do it for me i want you to imagine it's february 27th 1987 you're at your local movie theater. I, I'm guessing that's like a fucking Friday night. Um, you're there, right? You're fucking like 17, 18 years old. You're seeing this movie. You saw part one and you fucking loved it. You saw part two and you fucking loved it. You go to see part three. You're watching it. You like it. When Freddy pops up as the worm and looks at Nancy and goes, You. Oh. Dude, what You're would shook, your bro. reaction? What would your reaction Cheers. have been? Cheers in the fucking theater, right? Like that had to be such a pop, dude. Dude, For, that that had to have been a fucking huge like just See, I don't know. Cuz obviously we weren't alive then, man. And like I I I've never really spoke to an old timer about like really I'll have to talk to that boomer ass EK and see if he remembers what this is about. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, <laughs> it, like was like horror fandom and like going to the theater really like that kind of experience where on a Friday night there'd be like just a massive amount of teenagers going to see a horror film really expressing themselves in that manner that like I I picture it being in my head like I never got to experience that like when I went to the fucking theaters in the late 90s and shit like no one was fucking like there was like you know there was a mixed crowd of adults and everybody else it was never really like oh a a kid fucking yeah. outing for a horror film and shit. I don't know. Okay. It just seems So I'm gonna I'm gonna say my experience with similar things. Um I remember when the Saw movies first came out. Everybody was go like like you would go on a Friday night, like opening night, like late. Dude, you hear beer bottles fucking clanging on the ground. People are going nuts, screaming at the screen. I feel like it still existed. And I feel like in the late 80s at that time, like Nightmare on Elm Street was like a big deal. And you didn't have as much to do. Like, like you know what I mean? Like there was no internet. You're not going to sit home and fucking play PlayStation online or watch Netflix. Like if you wanted to go see a movie, you had to either go to the theater or you had to rent it. Right. And... You know, I feel like maybe at that time, yeah, if you had one, yeah, I feel like maybe at that time you were more likely to have like the average 14 to 30 something year old, like go see this movie just because it's playing and there's only fucking three movies playing in town, you know? So like, I could definitely like, I I connect with what you're saying about the Saw movies and stuff. And when I went and saw Hostel, definitely a lot of crowd reaction like that, that existed and and that is that's true but like what i'm saying is like the inside fandom knowledge because with saw and hostile and all those movies that i went and saw that that i got those big crowd reactions it was reactions from like the crowd across the board like your everyday person who's like oh saw is a popular horror movie i'm gonna go see it but like Um, to have like someone be like like because we got into this talking about the nancy comment and him being like you you gotta be a fan of the series you got to have seen part one you got to know the history to get the pop from that moment like we're talking about so like that to me is like inside fandom like to have a whole theater react to that 
So I'm going to, I'm going to give two examples. Um, one I'm not too sure about, but I'm going to assume so. And the second one I am sure about. Okay. All right. The first one is the whole like um, conjuring universe. I feel like that has a huge fan does. base of does. people that just go to see those movies. Like, and they see every one, they see the conjuring, they see Annabelle, they see what's the other, one? the, the one with the, the nun. The, the nun. Yeah. Yeah. Like I guarantee you, dude, if you go see that in theaters, people know what's up. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's got like a strong fan base. And I, I feel like that's probably one of the more popular modern franchises when it comes to horror. Right. And the more consistent, yeah, they keep definitely. putting them out. Yeah, I agree. And it's like the same characters and the same evil things and shit where like the purge, it's always different people. You know what I mean? It doesn't follow the same shit. It's not like a, a, there's not like one protagonist or one antagonist that carries through all of them. The Conjuring universe is like one of the more like closest things to a horror franchise that has like a fan base. That and like the Insidious franchise people really got into that and there's like a bunch is that of that part of it no right that's no no, a no that's, that's a separate thing but there's also multiples of that in different movies that are like spawned off of that idea and stuff so yeah i i think we're just not like because that i mean i've seen most of those movies and most of them are actually pretty entertaining yeah like, I like the, conjuring the conjuring universe movies. Yeah, not the I, side I, like ones even, like Annabelle and the nun i didn't care for but all of like I the main see, conjuring movies are really really good movies i think i saw the first annabelle I think. Yeah, it didn't And I, I thought it was, I think it was pretty all right. Um, the Conjuring movies, all the ones I've seen so far, even great. the newest one that came out, I thought were pretty fucking great. Um, I think we're just like not in that horror social circle. You know what I mean? We're kind of in like our VHS shot on video, gory, brutal yeah, fucking movie type thing. And that's I more of like the modern mainstream. I see that community existing online and stuff. I just, I don't participate. So I guess you're right. I just, I just not tapped in as much yeah. as I could be. Now, oop, that was a, that was a hiccup. I'm drinking some wonderful <laughs> yinglings right now. Um, the second one, because you are the house of a thousand homeboys, man. The Rob Zombie fucking, the trilogy, man. People go, people are diehard fans of that. People yes. probably went, people, well, I know people went fucking nuts when uh, Devil's Rejects came out. You know what I mean? Like they knew the lore. They knew that shit, especially if you went to like a late night screening of it. You know what I mean? I feel like it still exists. I it still, does in that know. aspect because I was a part of that and I did know and I was excited and it fucking, you know, the three from hell, they had a release party on my birthday and it was fucking super awesome and i was pumped for it and i knew every fucking character like i said like I, it does exist and i didn't really i didn't really think of it that way cuz for me i felt like you know maybe back in the 80s it was just more of just like a horror fans in general where everybody now is so and myself included are just so opinionated and like yeah, well Dude, so segregated and like we're all horror fans but like oh i don't fuck with that i don't fuck with this this is my thing kind of a th so it's like dude 1987 how many what do you really have that's what i'm saying like, like that's the difference the, i'm saying though is that like it was just horror no, fandom in general compared to like the segmented version of horror fandom we have now 
yeah, there's not thousands of shot on video movies. There's not thousands of these other like fucking, you know, homemade independent films. Right. There's only a handful. And then whatever the studios made. And then you had some like independent studios making shit. But really, like everybody had to eat from the same dish at yeah. that point. You know what I mean? Like, but I think that's what made it special, man. And what's lost uh, in culture today and what will be continue will forever be lost in, in pop culture is the ability to have that like real across the board community experience with things like this because it is so segmented and frayed now where it's like everybody has their own niche you're not gonna it's, it's very rare where something just speaks to the general audience of, of yeah. all horror fans and stuff it would be cool yeah. to experience that like you know camaraderie of like this is all we got like we're, we're horror fans we don't have access to much can you trade me tapes? Like, you know, that would be such a cool, uh, I think just like community to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, like when I went and saw green inferno, I was maybe one of like seven people in the theater and I went by myself and this was a Friday night, like opening right. night where like, I wonder if like back in 1984, if that came out, would people have been, would that have been packed? Packed. You know what Everybody I mean? Just because, yeah, I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, we're kind of like getting off topic. We've been, you know, this is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. We know though, that people have it's covered. Relevant. Yeah, they've covered this movie to fucking death. Everybody's covered this movie before, right? For, it's a, it's a, it's the best, arguably, debatably, whatever you want to say, the best entry in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Everybody's that seen it a million it? times. No, I like Part 2, bro. But like yeah. pound for pound, it probably is like the most... Man, I palatable, I marketable, Part solid one, one. I think is yeah the most marketable, most solid film front to back. I, yeah, I truly yeah. believe that. Part I, two though I, too. I mean, I I take part one and two over this hundred percent all day. I like part two the best. Um, now after watching it, yeah, I guess I would take part one. I would do two one three. Yeah, I like two I one three, my- and then I'd go Freddy's Dead at the end of that list i don't care for, i would have to put four i would have to put four yeah oh man yeah i like it still feels 80s you know what i mean like it's still uh, uh, yeah okay I know, so man. i have a beef with a scene in this movie all right let's say i was wondering you said there was a hole right oh, there's a fucking issue sort. dude okay so, what is it common practice in freddy krueger films on nightmare on elm street films is whatever happens to somebody in the dream is also happening to them outside yes. of the dream. You if get you cut by dream, Freddy. You poop for real. Yeah, yeah, you poop your pants, you poop your pants. <sighs> so, Philip's death, bro. In the fucking dream, we see Freddy turn this motherfucker into a puppet using his tendons. Yet, yes. outside of the dream, his tendons are not sticking up in the fucking air where Kincaid can fucking see them, where people screaming out the window can fucking see him. If this is happening to him in the dream, shouldn't his fucking tendons be visible outside of the dream like everybody else? Bro, this motherfucker walks through the door. That's the stupidest fucking part of it. When does that happen in any Any other... Exactly. This whole (laughs) fucking Philip death is flawed. It's just that one, really, right? It's just that one. It's just flawed as fuck, man. It, it, 
You didn't have to have him walk through the door. That makes no fucking sense. If he's physically jumping off the building, he'd have to physically walk through the goddamn door. Otherwise, wouldn't he just float to the fucking ground? Like, I... So many holes in that, man. I've never thought of that, dude. After all these watches, I've never thought of that. The biggest part that pisses me off is that his fucking tendons are not... It would have been great because imagine Kincaid being able to react to that. You know, like, holy fuck, his fucking arms are, you know, mangled. Well, like, they continue uh, with that in part four because when Kincaid dies in the dream, he, he's not all fucked up in reality either. So, man, I don't like that. I, I never, I really never thought about that. I, I, I was conscious of him walking through the door and that yeah. that was some sort of like plot hole of some sort that's, or some that's shit. That's an issue for sure. But not I, a big issue. Like I, I like what they did with Joey. Where like he's in that pit, like Freddy's pit, but he's like actually in a coma. You know what uh, I mean? Like in reality, he's like just kind of like he's out. You know, horny, I, horny I think Joey, cool. poor kid. <sighs> he's he, he tried just, to fly too close to the sun, man. That right, was it. You know, got burned, baby. <laughs> <laughs> How could you compete with fucking Nick the Dick, whatever the hell the guy's name was? <laughs> man, this is uh, that scene. Watching that as a kid, man. I get it, Joey. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> oh man, you've never you've never had a nurse like that, right? You, you, your dreams have never been fulfilled. <laughs> they set the bar too high. Fuck me up. Oh my god. Yeah, that did it for me. Oh god, Chris, what's what's your absolute favorite moment of this fucking movie? Favorite moment, not even kill. Just I want your favorite, like uh. fucking five seconds of the movie. My favorite like moments in the movie is whenever they're fucking smoking cigarettes inside the hospital because that shit cracks me the fuck uh, up, dude. Yeah, that's so 1980s. Days. Yeah, they're just sitting in a hospital smoking, smoking a on a plane, smoking in the <laughs> hospital, smoking fuck. on the subway, wherever the fuck you want. Um, but now like, oh man, the the worm is great and shit. But really, it's it's Freddy Krueger with the pipe arms, his face in the mirror, slashing the bitch's wrist. That just man. That does it for you. I like that That's more it. than the TV. I like that more than like the. I mean, what are some of the other? You know, the puppet. Although when he's doing the puppet master thing and his the, the giant Freddy in the sky is is epic, iconic. I iconic. love the way that looks, man. I just love the way Freddy looks in this movie. I think this is the best looking Freddy Krueger of all yeah, the films. You think this, this is like the most refined of really dialed in. It, it, yeah, it's still like rough, but it's like done well. I, and know? I love the the chest prosthetic. Of the is this the uh, first movie we see the faces right in the chest? I think so. This is the first time we see that, and it, it yeah, because it looks great. Yeah, fucking what a what a franchise, man. I mean, it's not my favorite franchise, but it really does have some interesting shit in it. It's really entertaining. Not that as many kills as you think, so maybe it isn't a slasher because he really doesn't kill that many people. Yeah, in these body movies. count doesn't get too high in any of them. He does, he does Ooh. do some kills in, but it's never like yeah, he really only, campground or anything. Let's see, in this movie, he kills fucking John Saxon. He kills um, Will, the kid in the wheelchair, which that is my favorite moment. The, his like final fucking moments on Earth. It's just so mean, and that's what would happen to me. Yeah, I just know it. That would be me with the the wizard master. So you have <laughs> Philip, Joey, uh, John Saxon. So that's three. You have Nancy, 
That's yeah, he four. Kills Nancy, yeah. Um, Taryn. That's five. So he only kills like five people in this movie, right? Bitch work, man. That ain't nothing. Damn. That ain't a slasher movie. You're right. No, people are going to be fucking, <laughs> fuck you guys, fucking Freddy rules, you fucking pieces of shit. I love Freddy. Fuck you. And dude, how about Lawrence Fishburne in this movie, too? I think this is like one of his best fucking roles, man. Who, Larry? I love him. Yeah, I love him with the little earring and shit. He's fucking killing it. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. Fucking <laughs> what a what a what a like a weird cameo, right? Bringing it back yeah. to Rob Zombie. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, that's like like the fucking what is it? Six or seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's that's a, six or seven degrees of Rob Zombie. Movie. Yeah, we could connect Rob Zombie to anything. Yeah, we have done that have, in the past. That is so true. Dude, we're gonna try. You know what? From now on. That's going to be the new fucking thing. We're going to connect the movie to Rob Zombie somehow. It's so easy. Every movie will connect to him. Everyone, dude. I you know what, man? I'm going to I'm going to have to say this movie is probably like at a 10. I would give this like a solid seven and a half. That's fair. Yeah. You know, I, I think because as much as like, I you know, I'm not happy with the ending. That's kind of like a recent thing. And that's just me being like overly critical of some of my favorite movies because I love this franchise. This movie's fucking fantastic. If I would have saw this yep. in '87, I would have probably shit my pants, dude. I've been so happy. I have a uh, a newspaper cutout. Uh, one side is like a thing about Randy Rhodes, and the other side is the local uh, listings for the movie theaters. And Dream Warriors is on there. Oh, that's cool as fuck. I like yeah, that. I like the local like drive-in that used to be uh, in my area where I used to live. Oh, it's another cool fucking piece uh, of history. Gr- great overlooked scene in this movie that like really ups the gore aspect is the mother decapitation fucking cuts cuts the mob's head off she comes in and fucking talking to her and shit i love holding the head still looks great he's he's in a tuxedo come on fucking bourbon dude (laughs) great great work a quotable a lot of quotable moments in this right that's one thing i gotta say i probably remember the most one-liners from this movie than any of the other ones right see for me it's freddy's dead that was my go-to growing up so yeah yeah i i did mention to you before on the during the break i don't remember this ever being on tv no you know it definitely wasn't it didn't get the tremors treatment that's for sure it wasn't on fucking every weekend not until more recently (laughs) yeah i feel it's like a more recent uh, development that this is like always on like the halloween yeah, I'll see it on Sci-Fi and Network and shit like that around Halloween time and stuff and Freeform yeah. to play it and stuff. Yeah. Overall, good movie. Check it out. Dokken theme song. Yeah, it's a Friday George the 13th Lynch. movie, dude. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Whoops. <laughs> no, it's a Friday the 13th movie, dude. I mean, they're, yeah, they're just as good. That's fine. That's fine. It's all the, it's all the it's same. It's all the same. So, that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm trying to say. So... So Grizz, instead of going into the uh, VHS tape fucking uh, archive, we're going to go into the cassette tape archive. It's time to talk some fucking metal, man. Some wide world of metal, maybe? Oh, yes. Yes, because we are traveling across the seas, across the fucking earth, and we're going to Norway, baby, for one of the most famous, if not the most famous black metal album of all time, De Mysteries Dom Satanus. I don't even know how to say that fucking correctly, but I've been listening good. to this. Yeah, I've been listening to this album since probably fucking high school. Um, this is an album that I can say you could listen to front to back. Every song is fucking awesome on this. 
The story behind the album is fucking crazy. <laughs> when you realize who fucking played on the album, it's fucking crazy. Uh, what do you think, man? Like, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, you really can't be like a black metal fan without giving this this album in particular so much credit for what this did for Second Wave. I mean, this pretty much kind of like set the groundwork for what Second Wave black metal was going to sound like. And it they, they fucking crushed this shit in the studio, dude. Like you said, the personnel on this. I mean, Hellhammer's drum work, Count Grishnok, who uh, I think everybody knows who that is. Uh, <laughs> uh, the infamous Euronymous, who is no longer with us. Um, uh, this did not feature dead. Correct. This is, uh, no. this is, he the wrote. Bef- yeah. So this is, this is not dead on the sound. He was, he was dead. Dead. So Attila, <laughs> Attila did the yeah. lyrics, uh, did the vocals on this, but like some of the, you know, the lyrics are written by dead, like fucking, um, what's it called? Uh, life eternal. I think that the lyrics were like left with his suicide note or some shit yeah. like that, like crazy stuff. And like to think about like Varg fucking playing bass on this and he ends up fucking killing Euronymous. Like what a fucking cursed album, right? Like when it comes down to it, like this, this album's fucking, it's wild to listen to knowing all of that. Like the history of, I mean the history of early mayhem in general and just like, I mean the history of early second wave. It's just a very wild, brutal time period of I think just a lot of bands and a lot of crazy dudes with a lot of insecurities just it's, running a fucking muck in Norway dude it's just it's yeah it's fucking it's wild like they, to listen to to this album like I said knowing uh what would happen and what did happen prior to this and shortly after this album being made yeah it's like this is what happens when you have a bunch of bored overprivileged fucking kids somewhere yes it's like this is it right like this is like um i'm not gonna say like fucking ricky casso but like just a similar situation yeah just a different locale but this movie of this movie this album um the actual title track uh one of my favorite black metal songs of all time it's it's fucking awesome um everybody knows funeral fog if you listen to black metal and we get it like this is like mainstream black metal and all that shit but it's like listening to early slayer you know they may be on the radio now but at one point like they were the underground like that was it you know they brought black metal to a bigger wider audience and and we probably wouldn't have dude we wouldn't have so many of the bands we have now if it wasn't for them no, and I will say this: I'm not a Mayhem fan, not mm-hmm. at all. I I don't generally listen to their albums. It's not really my my fucking cup of tea when it comes to to first wave black or second wave black metal. But I show them the utmost respect for for what they did for the genre because, like, I mean, dude, without Mayhem, there really isn't like what people know as black metal today because first wave is considerably different from what we got from bands like mayhem i mean it, it's, yeah. it's night and day i love i mean yeah. for me fucking bathory <laughs> that's hey fucking with first wave that's the shit right there but dude i i give mayhem so much respect and there is great honestly funeral fog is, is a fucking classic uh for me for this album 
I mean, oh man, Freezing Moon, you gotta, yeah, I mean, everyone loves Freezing Moon too. I mean, that's another one. But like you said, the the self-titled Day Mysterious Dumb Satanus is just a fucking crushing, <laughs> crushing song. Yeah. And it sounds great on cassette. Uh, this is the Morbid Noise release. I think it was from like the Ukraine or one of those areas over there. Uh, I feel like, the, or maybe Poland, something like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of those releases are probably the only ones you're going to find for a reasonable price when it comes to cassette, you know, collecting and everything. Trying to find like original first prints from Norway and all that stuff, like you're bucking up that's for sure like go oh, look yeah. at all like that early burzum stuff like legitimate first releases like phew, crazy how much that shit goes for the records like specifically insane the like early demos that shit goes for a ton of money oh, i'm sure it's just you know you get what you can afford you know live within your means people don't just, be putting shit on your credit card all just, right just just fucking <laughs> just just listen to the fucking music i don't care it's just like the movies i don't give a fuck what format you're watching it mm-hmm. on i'm not a fucking just watch it. elitist fucking could, wiener who's gonna be like oh you didn't yeah. listen to it on the original cassette you yet it was you didn't watch it in its intended format yeah yeah it's not as pure like go fucking suck a wiener you like come yeah, on we just want to talk to you guys about this yeah shit. We, we just don't care listen how you watch to it, it any way you can enjoy it and fucking move on with your life smoke a doob yeah. take a shit <laughs> Listen to the fucking album and go on. I mean, goddamn. Yeah. I mean, we would be up. fucking we'd be fucking morons if we told you like, oh, go buy five five five, or else you're a fucking <laughs> yeah, you're, a, you're worst, a poser. That's the worst yeah. fucking advice you could ever be given yeah. by anybody. Yeah, it's like who's really cool? The person spending all that money, or the person that just watched it and enjoyed it, right? Yeah, and then knew Fuck it was a that, piece man. of shit, and then yeah. glad they didn't spend the money on it. Yeah, that's like the whole thing where it's like you don't need a three thousand dollar guitar. Like, Hello. if you can't play on the five hundred dollar one or the hundred dollar one, you ain't playing on that one either. So just fucking. I'm not making a you comment. Know. <laughs> oh please, you're in the you're in the middle realm. You're good. You're I'm good okay. where you are. I'm you haven't bought a custom shop yet. When you do no, that, yeah. that's when I'm gonna that's when I'm gonna be like, hey guys. When I uh, sweep, fuck, Mike. Fuck when I sweep, I will buy a custom shop. <laughs> I'm gonna. When I could see you sweep like three different arpeggio uh, lines, yeah, in a row, I will, I will okay. allow you to do that. I got a few years. Dude, it'll happen. Yes, <laughs> I, I've been. Uh, so I set up. I have like a setup in my living room where I'm able to play guitar. I have a an eleven rack. If you know what that is, it's like a, a digital preamp. It has like a, it's like a pod. <laughs> You know, you know what, what that, that is? is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, but I'm able to actually run my laptop with that, so I'm able to play along to like things that are on my laptop. So like, I'll go on YouTube and I'll put on like old like fucking Merciful Fate, King Diamond, Slayer, and I play along to it. And I I do it every day. You don't believe me, but I do every day. I play. <laughs> um, and like this weekend, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking change my strings. Fuck this. Like, I haven't done it in a while. Holy shit, dude. I feel like I took off like like a railroad tie from fucking 1902. Which guitar? Just the the Jackson. The Jackson? No shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was set up oh, so my God. nice, though. You should feel it now. You Butters? should feel it. Dude, I, I'm, oh. it took me two hours to get it like perfect fucking adjusting everything if you know what a floyd rose um tremolo is you know how much of a pain in the ass it is to like really dial it in i dialed that motherfucker in dude my thing is my my action's nice guitar plays fast i could sweep very nicely on it 
play my uh, Stranger Things Master of Puppets covers on there. <laughs> Fucking very good. Hey, I'm a fan, man. I don't care. I don't care. A guy at work's Whatever. like, hey, man, you watch Stranger Things? You're like, like fuck yeah, bro. Finally someone yeah, I can exactly. talk to. Pound, I say pound it. Pound it, bro. Give him the thing. Pound it, bro. Let's strange it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. Looking for some strange. Um, <laughs> So, Grizz, I think that just about wraps it up for oh, this week. Yeah, uh, where so. could they find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at Kane underscore enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video, and you can find everything we do at BadTasteVideo.com. I didn't do it fast this week. Sorry, man. I was going to say, I was, I'm um, like, dude, what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BadTasteVideo. We're going to be doing more live events uh, as we encroach upon the halloween spooky season we're gonna get on there some more yeah we're trying to figure out what we can yeah yeah last week was really good chat was bumping as per usually we love talking to you guys we really appreciate the support there but we want to try to find some shit that we can like play you in full on there without getting fucking brought up on the uh, people's court or anything like that charges yeah we're working on it we're working on it. that's why uh we don't have any audio on the clips um unfortunately you know they have some sort of algorithm and all that stuff they're scanning for that shit and they'll knock your ass offline like midstream we got a warning we know all about it <laughs> yeah, we actually were like suspended for a little bit it yeah. actually fucked up one of our live streams once but um yeah go follow us on there we're going to be doing more stuff the uh the equipment is only getting better right the techniques yeah. are getting better yeah it's like the training montage in blood sport right Mike now Mike fucking grew like four times the size right before everybody's eyes i mean last week the technology <laughs> call me is yeah insane. yeah yeah call me ant man <laughs> <laughs> we're working with real state-of-the-art shit here right. so uh i think that just about wraps it up Chris, we're almost fucking out of February. Uh, February, August, my dude. When will this hot weather end? I can't wait. Uh, we're gonna be slapping on those sweatshirts and getting ready to right. to watch some Halloween fucking movies. And we are loaded for dude, bear. It's almost Grizz month. September. It's gonna be a hell of a month getting ready for October. So I am ready for fall, man. I am so fucking yeah. over this fucking stupid hell yeah summer bullshit. Fuck you, Summer. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Fuck you, you Heat. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>